opportunity it is to be able to come to you guys and share with you from the Word of God and what a privilege I consider it. But before I get started, I had somebody ask me today, I had somebody ask me, are you going to watch the Super Bowl tonight? <laughs> and you know, the first thing that popped in my mind was, I remember a Super Bowl that took place in my life many years ago. And that Super Bowl of life was Ricky having his own way, doing his own thing. <laughs> I'm glad I lost it. And I'm glad he found it. Because I'm thankful for what the Lord Jesus Christ has done in my life. For bringing me to this place and I'm thankful for what God's doing in our church right now. Amen. Guys, I don't know about you guys, but I'm excited about what's going on in this place. Uh, just this morning, I, 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 I left here with a new vision in my heart for what I'm experiencing in this place because of just the talk that I heard, excitement that I heard from some of our brothers this morning. Because it's so good to be a part of a place where Jesus is magnified. God is glorified. And we see him rightly sitting on his throne, high and lifted up and exalted. You know, he says in the word, if I'm lifted up, I'll draw men, women, boys, and girls to myself. And I believe that we're only catching a taste of what God wants to do if we'll turn our eyes and our focus toward him. And that doesn't have anything to do with what I'm going to preach about tonight. And those of you that want to can go ahead and take your Bibles and be turning to 1 Peter. But before I go to the Scripture and before I go to the Word and what it says, I want to kind of get us, kind of introduce to you what's going on and what's happening because Peter pins these words in a time when the church is, is really being heavily persecuted. I mean, there's some strong things going on in the church at this time. And, and Nero, just to be honest with you, Nero's an idiot. And uh, he, he's doing some crazy stuff. And he, he's, he's kind of set all the, the place on fire, trying to make it a better kingdom, trying to build the kingdom, trying to do all this stuff. But the problem is the Christians are the ones that are praying for the issues that are going on. There's, they're the ones that he's blaming for this, 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 this problem that's happening. And he pins all the blame on them simply because of one reason, their worship to Christ. Because they said that they wouldn't bow down to no other God or to no other leader or anything else. And boy, Nero was just all upset and, and because of it. And many were being killed because of their worship and because of their dedication to the Lord and, and because of their dedication to the Lord. And, and, and a lot of things were just happening. They suffered terrible death at the hand of Nero. And, and Peter wrote this magnificent letter that we're fixing to get into to believers whose suffering was about to intensify. You're thinking, man, I couldn't have thought it would have been no worse. But it's just fixing to really get serious and really fixing to get hard. And, and Peter may have denied his Lord to start with, but I'm going to tell you what, later on when Peter got it, man, he was an encouragement to the church. And Peter's desire to see the church grow even in the midst of persecution. He didn't care if the church was being persecuted. What he wanted to see was Christ magnified and glorified above everything else. And that's the same way that we should be in our church, regardless of the situations and the things that we've been through, besides the things that we've seen happen here. Our main concern and our main desire should be to see Christ glorified and magnified above everything else. 
And that's, that's exactly what Peter was wanting to see take place in this early church. You see, he didn't want to see the church falter because of what they were faced with. So what I want to share you or talk to you about are just some guides for growth. Just some guides for growth that I think that we can find here in these verses of Scripture. You know, growth is something that we all want to experience. I mean, I hope to goodness that's what you want to experience. But there are two types of growth that we need to look at. First, there's this growth of physical life. Just simply for babies, growth tells the story. I mean, all of us that have had little ones want to see them grow up. Now, I have to admit that I've seen some people that go like little whiny babies when their kids go from one stage to another. But the fact is, I was tickled to death when mine growed up. I mean, like, praise God, the empty nest. Now, everybody made that sound like treachery to a lot of people, but to me, Man, that's, that's what I'd long for. I mean, I took, for, took care of him for a long time, and my son, he clung to us for a long time, but that's okay. We was just glad when, they, when it was an empty nest and all of them was gone, but, but they didn't go too far. They right behind us. So, but, but we all want to see our babies grow up, right? I mean, we want to see that. We want to see them grow up physically, and we want to see them to mature into young adults. You know, in the tragedy of not seeing them grow bothers us though because we know that there's got to be an issue there's got to be a problem and maturity is the ultimate goal for each one of us we, we, we want to see our children to be able to stand on their own two feet man praise God for when they can do that to be successful in life make wise decisions and have their own families I mean we want to see all that take place and happen and, it, and it's a joy to see that take place but secondly there's the Christian life. You know, we want to experience our new birth. And, and that's when we accept Christ as our Lord and Savior. But then we should want to grow and experience Christ at a new level. And I'm afraid that sometimes in the, in the, in the Christian faith, we've got a lot of people that are saved, but that's as far as they've ever got. There's, their thought of, moving to the next level hasn't never taken place. And even for many of us that are growing and, and walking in our faith, I think sometimes that we lack behind uh, when Christ wants us to be much further than where we're at. But we ought to want to, to, to go to a new level. So what does it mean to grow up? Well, it means such thing as being fully developed, having marks of wisdom, not, not just knowledge, but the self-discipline of commitment of an authentic walk with Christ seven days a week, not just on Sunday. I mean, many of us come in here and we live our Christian life on Sunday, but Monday through Saturday we live another life. And that's not what Christ wants. Christ wants us to live our Christian life day in and day out, seven days a week. Listen, there shouldn't be no difference on you if I see you tomorrow than what I see you today. And I've always told everybody, if you see something different in me outside of this place tomorrow that you don't see in me today, I want you to bring it to my attention because I want to be as close to God as I possibly can be. You see, the determination to obey God and to submit to the truth of his word at any cost, the ability to nourish ourselves as an individual believer is God's word. And I thought Brother Jesse, I mean, he's preaching this morning. I'm thinking, man, you're just preaching all in my message tonight. 
But I said, undoubtedly, God wants our people to hear it is the reason why he's going to bring it out twice today. But it is God's word. You see, the compassion to reach out and to care for other people whose needs are different from our own. And we see that all over. We should have the willingness to share in the responsibilities of the household of faith. It shouldn't just be a, a, a small group of people that is doing everything. It should be all of us doing our part in order to see the household of faith grow into what Christ wants it to be. You see, if we'll do all the above with the attitude of a contagious, positive spirit, then, boy, things would sure be a whole lot better around here. You know, we should experience growth every day, every day on our way to maturity. You know, people are bad about doing New Year's resolutions. Well, I hate New Year's resolutions because I know for a fact that most people that do New Year's resolutions, by January the 2nd, it's over with. I mean, it's done gone. But if you're to do a New Year's resolution, I'd ask you to do an do a, do a everyday resolution. Lord, I want to be more like you tomorrow than I was today. You see, that should be the desire of our heart. To be more like Jesus tomorrow than I was today. You know, there's some song lyrics, and I went back. Brother Gary, I don't even know if you remember it, but I come to you and ask you about these song lyrics. And there's some song lyrics that just kind of help you as you go along your daily life to help you to, to mature and to walk. And, and one of them is, To Jesus every day I find my heart drawn closer to thee. Is it? Is every day, is your heart drawn closer to him? You see, sometimes we have to go through difficult situations and, and difficult circumstances in our lives in order to see this happen. But we shouldn't have to. We shouldn't have to because every day our hearts should be drawn closer to him. What about every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before? I'm going to be honest with you. When I think about what the Lord Jesus Christ done in my life, I promise you every day that I live, I'm so thankful that I'm close to him. Every day is sweeter than the day before. I can think back through all the difficulties, all the trials that we, me and Susan's been through and all, and I can tell you, every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before because he's the very one that has carried us through those days. And then there's one more, into the love of Jesus, deeper and deeper I go. And when I was listening to Brother Jesse preach this morning, he was talking about God's word. That's exactly how this takes place. As we dive off into the Word of God. And we allow God to speak to our lives. Then deeper and deeper we go in the Lord Jesus Christ. So for just a few minutes, I'd like to share some thoughts or some on, on guidelines for growth. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, and in verse 21, in honor and reverence to God and His Holy Word, let's stand to our feet. And I'm going to read those three verses of Scripture. We're going to launch off. And see what the Lord has to say to us. He's laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word, that you may grow thereby. And then flipping over to verse 21, he said, For, for to this you were called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father in heaven, we thank you.
for this day. We thank you for the opportunity to be able to stand here and proclaim your word. And Father, I, I pray that as a vessel of yours, God, that I, I speak those words that are pleasing in your sight, God, that I, I say only those things that you would have me to say. Pray also for the ones that are sitting out here under my voice, God, that they listen with open ears. And that, Father, it wouldn't fall on, you, you say your words won't fall on deaf ears. And God, that they'd take, apply these words, that they would draw closer to you each day. Father, that they would grow and mature in their walk and, and have a more closer relationship and a closer walk with you each day of their lives. And Lord Jesus, we love you, we praise you, and we thank you for all that you've done for us. We thank you for the word, the way it speaks to our hearts and to our lives. And now we pray that you would take it and help us to grow closer to you, that we may be your vessels. And we'll give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. So here for just a few minutes, you may be seated. Praise God for the reading of his word. I, I want to share three questions talk to you about three questions about growing in your walk. The first question is, what must I forsake if I'm to become a mature Christian? What must I forsake if I'm to become a mature Christian? Now, I don't know if you caught it there in, in those ver that verse of Scripture, the very first one that we read, but he said, Therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, all hypocrisy, all envy, and all evil speaking, now, I'll be honest with you, I'm pretty sure that Peter could have went on and on with this list. And, but, but, and, but I'm thankful that he stopped where he did because where he stopped was enough. <laughs> and when we, think about, when we think back on our childhood, though, we, we can think back about certain relics that we had, certain things that we had. As a little girl, you may think back on, on maybe a certain doll that you had or maybe even a special stuffed animal that, that you had. Or as a young boy, you may think back on a car or a truck that, man, you just loved to play with or a stuffed teddy bear or something that you clung to and hung around. And Well, I don't want to say that too loud because some of you may still be clinging to it. But, but, but I want you to hear me. I want you to hear me. It's natural to put away these things. It's natural to put away these things as you grow and mature. Paul, over in Paul, uh, 1 Corinthians 13, 11, Paul said, When I was a child, I taught like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. And when I became a, way, a man, I put away the childhood things. But you know, I, I got a feeling sometimes in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, many of us older ones are still clinging to those things that we should be releasing or turning loose of. And according to Paul, some childish things were envy, strife, and division. And in these verses of scriptures that we've read today, I'd say that Peter agrees with Paul. I believe he's right along the same line that Paul was. And Peter says if we're to become mature in our faith, then there's some things that we must put away or that we must lay aside. In other words, listen, stop clinging on to them. And why is it that we that call ourselves the children of God, seem to cling to things that we have no business clinging to. And he tells us to lay, lay them aside. To use to lay aside means that we're to lay aside all sin that, that would cause us not to desire the Word of God. You know, I, I was thinking as Brother Jesse was preaching this morning, you got these kids got all these games and stuff that they play on their Phones and computers and Xboxes and all this stuff. And I don't want to say just the kids because I know adults that do the same thing. How much more value would there be in you spending that time in the Word of God? 
instead of spending so much time in that stuff that doesn't matter. You see, as believers, we're to eliminate all sin that is in our lives. So I want us to look at these sins that Peter calls out. Because first Peter brought out the word malice. And malice has this meaning of a desire to do harm to someone, even, even a sense of wrong feelings toward another. Now listen, he's talking to the church. He's not talking to lost people. He's not talking to those that are away from Christ. He's talking to church members. And guys, for the life of me, I can't understand why anybody would want to have any uh, hard feelings enough toward another brother or sister in Christ that they would want to bring harm to them. But, but here in these verses of Scripture, Peter brings it out. So there must have been some issues going on in the church at that time that, that he was seeing that would cause him to bring this out. And, and, and Peter gets pretty stern with them. So as Christians, we're to lay aside the thought of wrongdoing toward another person. We're to do away with it. We're to get rid of it. Well, what about the second one, Peter says, to lay aside all deceit? This thought of deceit that Peter uses here is, is talking about stop being dishonest. In other words, do everything on the up and up. Now see, I can't answer for you, but I can answer for me. And we need to do everything on the up and up. We need to be uh, doing it the way that the Lord wants us to do or, or trying to set someone up. Man, that, that, that kind of stuff drives me crazy when I hear that stuff going on in the church. Thirdly, Peter says to lay aside hypocrisy. Peter said to take your mask off. In other words, stop being what you're not. Don't, don't keep going the direction that you're going when that's not even who you are. If you say you're a Christian, be a Christian. If you say you belong to God, belong to God. Hypocrisy is, is any behavior that is not genuine or consistent with what one really believes or says he believes. See, if I come in here on Sunday and, 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 and claim the claims of Christ, but yet the rest of the week you see the devil in me, Or the next thing you know, I'm out there on a job and I'm cussing somebody out. That's not what Christ expects out of us. Listen, we're, we're, we're held to a higher standard. So Peter was really, I'm just going to be honest, Peter was tearing them up. I mean, he, he was just being point blank with them. Fourth Peter says to lay aside envy. Envy just means that you're tormented by the things others have. It's funny that we talked about that even tonight in another class. Listen, be satisfied with what you have because undoubtedly it's what God wants you to have. Don't be worrying about what everybody else has. And we cause so many things to happen in our life because what envy does, it destroys us inside. Because envy leads to bitterness, grudges, and conflict. If we just be happy with what we got, we can just be happy. Listen, undoubtedly, it's what God's given me, so I might as well be happy with it. Last of all, Peter says to, to lay aside all evil speaking. You see, when we use our words to tear others down, we're acting like the devil rather than like the Lord Jesus Christ. Plus, what do we get out of tearing somebody else down? 
Again, Peter's talking to the church. He's coming directly to the church with this. In the time that they're being persecuted and, and he sees all this going on, Peter said to stop slandering or gossiping about others. I wish Peter would have just come out and plain said, Shut your mouth. Well, wouldn't that have been easier? I mean, instead of tearing me from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet, just told me to shut up and been done with you because that's exactly what he was saying. Peter's list of specific sin, though, like I said, is not exhaustive, but certainly is representative of evil. So I'm to forsake all these things that we've talked about to become a mature Christian. Well, I'm going to tell you, the church needs to grow up. We all need to grow up. Well, if, if, if all that be true, then on what must I feed? What must I feed if I'm to become a mature Christian? This morning, brother. Because verse 2 says, like newborn babes crave pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up into, in your salvation. John MacArthur says it like this. Spiritual growth is always marked by a craving for and a delight in God's word with the intensity of which a baby craves milk. You see, just as it takes proper food in order for you to grow properly, then it takes God's word in our lives in order for us to grow spiritually. I'm glad some of you heard that. So let me ask you a question. What are you feeding your mind with? What are, you, what are you feeding your mind? When you see our mind is the devil's workshop. And if we're not careful, the devil will take us places we don't want to go. So we must feed our minds on the word of God, which is truth. And we was talking about that in class earlier too, about our mind. Listen to this. Transformation begins in the mind. That's where it begins at, in the mind. Because the way we reason affects how we act. And we can't expect to progress in holiness if we're unsure of what to allow into our thoughts. Now listen, I want you to hear that again because I don't believe that registered in, registered in some of your heads. Transformation begins in the mind. Listen, my mind's got to change from the direction I'm going. If I'm having an issue with these things that Peter's talking about, then my mind set toward them must change. I can't keep going in the same direction. It's, I've got to have a transformation to take place. And it begins in the mind because the way we reason affects how we act. We can't expect to progress in holiness if we're unsure of what to allow into our thoughts. So what are you feeding your heart on then? The heart is the central core of your whole body. Man, I'm glad it thumps. What we feed it determines what we believe. You see, it's by the intake of the truth that the Holy Spirit grows and nurtures believers. In 2 Corinthians 3.18, it says this, But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Our ultimate goal should be to feed our hearts with the Word to the point that we start to look like Jesus. And I also put in my nose and act like him. Because if we act like Jesus, we don't have to worry about us. Our, our old selfish desires, our old selfish ways, 
would be at the back side of us if we'd start acting like Jesus. If we was transformed by him. What are you feeding your soul? I'm talking about the very inner core of who you are. Your very being. You see, it matters what we're feeding on. What we feed on determines what direction we're about to take. Sometimes I think that we're strong enough to handle what we feed on, but the fact is we're affected by what we take in. I'm telling you that if we allow a steady feeding of garbage into our lives, we're going to have a steady flow of garbage coming out of our lives. There's some, I want you to realize that there are some detrimental things to spiritual growth. And much of today's reading material is detrimental to our spiritual is detrimental to our spiritual growth. It's just simply the content of what you're reading. I picked up a magazine the other day. I, I get, guys, I laugh at these people because I think they're so stupid. That, what, what, what kills me that somebody would pick this up and buy it? I mean, some of this garbage that they put on shelves that, that you go along in the supermarket and pick up, it's more humor to me than it is anything. So it's no good for spiritual growth in your life. So the best thing to do is just leave it alone. It's not only what you read, though, but what you watch on TV as well. Because you must agree that the high percentage of television today is profanity, bedroom scenes. I mean, this is what we see on TV, and we think there's going to be spiritual growth in that. Unmarried people or gays living together as if it's supposed to be natural. Then, of course, there's scenes of drinking going on as a sign of the good life. Look, I, I remember that good life. It wasn't as good as I thought it was. You see, these things don't help us grow spiritually. But a steady study of God's Word will help us develop spiritual growth and will take the pollution of this world out of us. And I don't know about you, that's exactly what we need to take place in our lives. We need the, spirit, the, the, the polluted things of this world gone and done away within us. It takes a desire on our part. And we must learn to have an eager longing like a hungry baby. You see, when a baby's hungry or when a baby is newborn, boy, it can't wait to get to its mother because it wants milk. Well, when we're born again, that's exactly the way we should be. But I'm afraid that too quick, too quick we forget the milk. Because I think that even much stronger than the milk, I think we need to get to the meat of it. And right now, Peter's just talking about getting to the, to the, to the milk of it. In other words, we ought to desire, have a desire to, to read the Scripture, to be more like Jesus and less like ourselves. You see, this, this desire for this mother's milk is the same type of desire that we must have for God's Word. Nothing else can satisfy our hunger except for God's Word. Listen, you want to know what the problems in your life is? Go to the book because it will show you. You want to know what's going on and what we need in the church? Go to the book. It will show you. We must learn to cultivate a hunger for the Bible as a baby hungers for milk. Whether believers are recent converts or more, or more mature in the faith, craving the Word of God is always essential to spiritual nourishment and growth. Look, mature, mature believers, they can detect obstacles or difficulties that's fixing to come up in their life, and they know what to do about it because they've, they've inserted the Word of God into their life. 
I used to wonder what in the world was the importance of memorizing Scripture because I have a hard time memorizing my name. Now, some of you are going, I know exactly where you're coming from because I can't memorize either. But I promise you, if you move tomorrow, you'll remember where you live. You, you won't forget that. That'll pretty much ingrain into your head pretty quick. In the same way with the Word of God, that's what we're supposed to do is memorize the Scripture so that when Satan attacks, we've got something to ward him off with. And in our lives, as we run into issues and, and we run into things in our lives, and then when the devil attacks, we don't know what to do. We're going, what in the world should we do? And, and if you remember, Jesus admitted this when he told Satan in the wilderness in Matthew 4, 4, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Listen, we need to implant the word of God in our lives so when Satan attacks, we can ward him off. Well, there's one other thing, that, uh, one other question I want to ask you. If all this be true, if all this is an issue, then who must I follow if I'm to become a mature Christian? Who must I follow to become a mature Christian? He said in verse 21, for to this you were called because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps. You know, heroes are probably a part of every childhood dream. Now, if you want to just talk about heroes, I would say probably Superman would have probably been my most childhood hero. And you go, Superman, who is that? Well, some of us know who he is. But he was probably my most favorite, but there were others in my life that I could think of also. You see, the fact is most of my childhood heroes, they've been toppled or either they're at the bottom of my list as heroes now. Because, guys, I don't, I, I don't cling to Superman now the way I did when I was a young man. I mean, he's not more, and in fact, I could care less if he, well, we'll just leave it at that. You know, it, it, it may even be a grandparent or a mom or a dad in your life. That may be heroes in your life. Because maybe they were the ones that kept you in church and showed you the Lord. May even be a young Christian that you idolize as, as, a, as a childhood hero. May have been somebody that even led you to Christ. Maybe somebody that sings music, Christian music, that you really idolize because you like to hear uh, their songs and their songs just preach his volumes to you. Could even be an evangelist that, that, he, that you heard preach one time and, and the word that, that, that he used that day helped you to see Christ high and lifted up. Made you see your need for Christ. So I want to ask you a question. Whom do you follow? You see, because that matters a whole lot in whom we follow. If I'm to become a mature Christian, then who am I to follow? Well, the answer to the question is that we must keep our eyes on Jesus. And you guys hear me. Man, I, I preach this and everything that I teach, preach. You've got to put your focus on Jesus and never look back. Because the very moment that you lose focus of who he is, you're in trouble. And so it's important that our focus is on him. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. You see, Christ is the example of the pattern in which believers trace their lives. So if you're following him and you're in his footsteps and, and you're following right along, the only feet print you should see is his. Well, that's good. 
See, because he's the one we're to follow. So I'm to follow the one that made all things possible through his death, burial, and resurrection. That's exactly right. You see, the redemptive work of Christ should give us the desire to grow spiritually. I, I think sometimes we've got over our salvation. My problem is I ain't. And I hope and pray to the day that I take my last that I don't get over it. Because I can't get over what the Lord has done in my life. You see, the redemptive work of Christ should give us that desire. And we must realize that apart from Him, we're not able to live out these lives of Christianity anyway. I don't have the ability nor the strength to live for Jesus other than that strength that He gives me to be able to do it. He's everything to me. He's the one that helps me to get up every morning and go to my quiet time in my study. He's the one that helps me every night when I get ready to go to bed and lay my head down to, to spend time with him and to think about him before I go to bed. And Listen, that's got to be the heart drive of us. We must realize that we got to have him. Our faith is not based on the work that we've done, but our faith is based on the work that he has done through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Believers, faith and hope will be in God and nothing else. So in closing this, this thing down, let me ask, I want to ask a couple of questions. And I want you to really think about these questions. Are the relics of spiritual infancy hanging on in your life? In other words, are you still, listen, I don't know how old you are in your faith, but are you still where you started? You see, because I'm afraid in the church that many people are. They haven't grown any. And I'm going to tell you, I don't know how in the world you sit under the preaching and the teaching that this church puts out and can be in the same place you were to begin with unless you're just not listening. Listen, we're to grow up. And I'm afraid sometimes that we're backing up, not growing up. And I think Peter's being stern here to the church because I, I think the church has, has got stale. And, and he's just bringing out some points that, that needs to be talking about, that, that he's talking about. Are you still on the bottle? Or are you moved up to the meat of the word? You see, because there's nothing like growing and getting a baby off of the bottle. Man, they get on their own and they take their own little fork and feed their own little face. That's, that's sweet to see. But that's the same way we're supposed to be in our spiritual life. We're not to continue sucking the bottle all of our lives. Thinking that the preacher's going to fill us up every week when he comes in here. We get in the meat when we get in the word ourselves and we ask the Lord to speak to us. Show us, oh God, what you have to say to us. Let me ask you a question. How's your devotional life? How is it? Is it one that you're pleased with? Or does it need some work? See, I'm going to tell you, I don't care how close you get to Jesus. Man, your devotional life can always be stronger and deeper. I'm just telling you, I'm just telling you, it can always be deeper and more meaningful. So I don't know about you where you are spiritually, 
but I know about me. And I'm telling you, the church needs to grow up. We need to start taking God's word, applying it to our lives, and to be more like Jesus and less like ourselves. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for who you are and for what you've done for us. And Lord, only you know what needs to be done. And Father, I pray that you'd move, pray that you'd work, pray that you'd touch, pray that you'd stir, oh God, only like you can. And Father, there's a face of need in someone's life. God, I pray that they would come to this altar and deal with you. Because Father, the truth is, as the church, we should always be growing in the nurture of the Lord Jesus Christ. But Father, maybe there's someone here that's never been born again. Don't even understand. Don't even understand this newborn stuff, this new babes in Christ. God, I pray that if that be so, that tonight that person would step out and come down to this altar. And Lord, we'd take the word and we'd show them what they need to do to receive Christ. Father, we just pray that you're glorified through everything that takes place. So as Kelly sings and as the musicians play, these altars are open. You know what God said to you. You know what God's doing. And I pray that you'll be obedient to his word.